Are you ready to go? <clears throat> yeah. Okay, great. Um, I, mean, I don't have a script. No, you don't. Okay. You don't need a script. I handle the whole thing. This is my script. <laughs> so, um, uh, let me introduce you first before you say anything. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to give myself my countdown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that learned the hard way when dealing with interdimensional wormholes. 38 minutes sometimes isn't always enough time. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Normally, I have with me my brother, Peter, but he's actually calling in sick this week, so I had to pull some strings and do something a little different, and Ryan is sitting out, so he is, as usual, silent as always. Um, so before we move on, I'd like to introduce our guest. Um, Peter and I have mentioned our other brothers. Uh, we are a group of four, so I am the oldest of four brothers. Uh, Peter is the third in the line. So tonight I'm actually bringing on my brother, Scott. Uh, he's the one who is the big honey fan of the family. Um, so Scott, if you'd like to say hello to the people. <laughs> oh, uh, thanks for that wonderful introduction. I do not uh, believe I deserve such accolades. Uh, never even seen the movie Honey. Uh, let's see. If He's we were lying. To, I'm pretty sure. If we were sure. to break down how I was considered a Honey fan, uh, when I was in high school, I had a big celebrity crush on Jessica Alba. Who didn't? Uh, who didn't, right? Um, I think I probably who talked about doesn't? my celebrity crush on uh, Jessica Alba too much, and one year for my birthday or for Christmas, my older brother Drew bought me a honey poster, like a movie poster, the big ones that the movie theaters have, and I happily posted that in my room. Uh, but to this day, I've never seen the movie. It's all lies, everyone. He loves it. It's his favorite movie. Favorite um, movie poster, that's <laughs> At any rate, so uh, with Peter sitting out, calling in sick, uh, I thought Scott would, should come on and... Um, what I think is really funny is uh, we found out a few years ago that someone said we look very similar as we've been aging, and I'm curious to how our voices are going to be if we're gonna, our voices are similar enough that we're going to sound like we're, I'm, I am talking to myself, but I assure you there is another person sitting in the There room. is another person sitting here, and actually I'm getting over a cold, so my voice is a little sexier than it usually is. If there's any ladies out there listening, I'm married, don't bother looking <laughs> sure. me up. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Well, uh, let's do this. Uh, let's hit watching category. We'll talk some news. And then Scott has kind of forced me to like shoehorn in a top five list because I was going to try well, to I wasn't going to come on the show if, there, if I couldn't do a top do a five, five, list. five list. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So what we're going to do is we'll do the normal. So let's hit the watching category. And I'm going to tell you right now, since the last episode recorded to today, I have been hyper busy and have not watched anything new. Um... All the stuff that I've been watching has been shows at normal, like Flash came back, uh, Riverdale came back, like so the Christmas hiatus has ended for some shows, so I've basically started watching. Um, so I haven't watched anything new and exciting like a movie or anything like that. I've been trying to see Vice, but every time I try to go to the theater to see Vice, uh, something jumps in my way and I can't go. So Well, I can tell you what I'm excited for is the Glass movie. And I have not seen Split, so I need to see that before I see Glass. Yeah. Um, but I love Unbreakable. Uh, Unbreakable, it, it can be a little slow, it can be a little one-toned, but it's a really great movie, and it's a really great um, superhero movie that you didn't know it was going to be. And then all of a sudden this, this 
uh, what's the world? The, the the franchise all of a sudden came out of nowhere with yeah. With, at uh, the I guess so at Shyamalan the end of, so at the end of movie. Split. It's I don't remember if it's in the. It's movie. like the very it's, end of Split. Supposedly it's either at the very end connects. or it's a bonus scene, and they have the connection to Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about that because uh, I don't have any fan theories. I don't have any input. I don't have an idea where yeah, they're no going with really. it, and nobody else does. So it's it's kind of spoiler free territory, which which is exciting. Right. Um, I like his movies and I don't like his movies. His movies are Shyamalan. His movies are yeah. always worth watching at least once. Yeah. That's about all I can say. <laughs> I have a problem where I always see the twist way too early. And Sometimes. I, and then I'm angry for the rest of the film. Um, so, yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't even... I, Look, Sixth Sense, I called too early. Probably well, Sixth Sense was spoiled for me, well, so it which was a problem, a big problem. If that movie gets spoiled, there's no point in watching no, there's it. There's no point in watching and, uh, it. And then, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's move off of Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah. How about this? something else? What have you watched? Because so, there's some things that you've watched that you and I actually haven't had a chance to talk so about. So I'm a cord cutter. Uh, which means that I don't have cable TV coming into my house, and I don't have a very good antenna, so I miss out on all the network shows. Uh, specifically, one that I'm slowly but surely getting caught up with is Walking Dead. Uh, I, I catch it when it when it goes airs on Netflix, and I just finished 2017 slash 18's season of Walking Dead, and that season had to be done by a different director. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know who it was, but you know watching it that it was done by somebody different. It was just, it was much more artistically um, filmed and cut and edited. And the there's heavy so Negan many more. Stuff, right? like, heavy vegan. Negan. Negan. <laughs> heavy Negan. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. Heavy, heavy Negan, but, um, but not so much like, it didn't turn me off. Like the season before that was Heavy Negan and I just wanted him to die. Yeah. At the end of well, this I just season, got, I kind of got burned out. Like burned out on Negan. Like, like I've on, had get... enough Negan. What's interesting though is he was the character that everybody wanted to finally join the show, and then he did. And after one season of him, everybody wanted him to go away. Right. And then a second season later, I actually I liked that season a lot. It was shorter. It was only sixteen episodes, which is shorter than that's the, the usual. That's, that's normal. normal. Okay. It's, it felt shorter, that's for sure. But it was just done completely differently a lot of broad strokes you know like people dying you didn't expect to die people living you didn't expect to live um i don't like the very very end of it is it spoiler free at this point because it's over a year oh yeah you're look if you look the end of that season with walking dead if you're not if you're not watching current you're watching like you are um but as where you're where you're discussing, if you haven't gotten to this point in Walking Dead, you've probably fallen off the bandwagon, mm-hmm. don't care anymore, or with the show, and you've already seen it. So yeah. this is, as far as I'm concerned, this is not spoiler time. So at the very end, um, uh, brain fart. Yeah, brain fart. Negan doesn't die. Yeah. So finally, uh, we've got our good guy being a good guy again. You know, it's like, thank God, he's finally a good guy again. Yay. Uh, his son is dead. That kind of sucks. But um, that's what brought him around, right? Right. But then at the same time, Maggie is now pissed off. And so I'm not looking forward to the season that you are all watching now because <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, Maggie hates Rick all of a sudden right. and they're going to be enemies and that's going to be uh, probably me not enjoying the show. Right. So. Well, 
We'll but see. I really liked this past, this cool. past season. Um, well, there's, uh, there's at least one movie you and I have not discussed yet. Usually, uh, you and I will sit and be like, hey, I saw the movie. You want to talk? Finally. Like, because we don't, we try not to give each other opinions as we're walking out of the theater if one of us is ahead of the other. So, mm-hmm. uh, what did you think of Aquaman? I loved, I'm really curious about your opinion about I that. loved Aquaman, and usually you and I sit down and we have conversations about you're a big DC fan, I'm a big Marvel fan, and usually we have conversations and it ends up being comparisons which one we liked better and why, or why we really shouldn't consider this one better than that one. And, and it can get heated sometimes because we're so deeply rooted in the fact that we care so much about one of the sides of the coin. Um, but... I, I don't really want to make that comparison to anything. I don't think Aquaman is like anything that a Marvel has done. Uh, some people would say it's like uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's not. I haven't heard that at all. Well, I've heard, I've, I've I've heard, heard that because like of Thor, but maybe um, I found it. Maybe to Thor too. I found it to have a little bit of a Lord of the Rings feel to <laughs> yes, it. With the, yes, more with the more, factions and like yeah. the houses and stuff like that. And that's but, that's what I mean by not like anything Marvel has done. Some people have said like Guardians of the Galaxy because Guardians did a whole bunch of stuff in space and a lot of world building, if you will, out in out right. in outer space. But um, I thought uh, I thought Aquaman was excellent. I thought it was funny when it needed to be funny. Um, I love that there's a kaiju at the end and that because Aquaman can talk to the sea creatures, he can now talk to the kaiju. I don't necessarily and... know if it's a kaiju so oh, much. Oh, it's totally a kaiju. Well, All The next step is they bring the fight to the surface and the Pacific Rim... Uh, um... Yeah, right. Uh, well, the reason, I, the reason I don't necessarily want to... Max are there assume... to defend the The, the reason I don't want to necessarily assume that it's a kaiju at the end is because... Of the Lovecraft Easter egg at the beginning of the movie, so and I, I talked about that. I talked about this in a previous. Uh, so H.P. Lovecraft, mm-hmm. the author, created a well-known uh, science fiction horror entity known as Cthulhu. He's like the brainchild of the Cthulhu mythos, which is okay. basically like the world eater. He's the end of days, going to destroy everything. Lots of tentacles and nonsense. So. If you watch the opening of Aquaman and there's the narrative at the beginning and they have the little uh, snow globe with the lighthouse in the snow globe. Yeah, I remember you talking about this on one of the episodes. Yeah, previous episode I talked about it. The snow globe is sitting on top of a book. I don't remember the title of the book, but it's by H.P. Lovecraft. And I was like, oh, that's funny. We're going underwater and it's an H.P. Lovecraft book. And then at the end, so I was expecting something with tentacles. And at the end of the movie, there's this giant giant thing with tentacles and, you know, so... But you know what was really awesome? So I'm not sure if it's a kaiju so much as it's like a Lovecraft, uh, a nod to Lovecraft. Um, well, so, something so magical the climactic to, feeling in that movie for me was in the very beginning they built that he could speak to sea creatures. But you didn't know that he was the only one. Right. You know? And you don't, and it didn't really hit home for me as I was watching that movie that he was the only one that could do it. Until he's speaking to, for lack of a better word, the kaiju character in the movie. Right. And all of a sudden she's like, I haven't had a conversation with anyone since the king on that throne there. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, crap. He's the only one of them who can do this? That means that all the other... Atlanteans. Um, Atlanteans are enslaving their creatures. You know, like yeah. herding their sharks, herding their... Uh, um, their 
sea dragons and everything that they're riding is there is like livestock rather than for him it could be an equal you know so that was a big like boom and then when it came to the battle and everything was fighting on his side the kaiju was fighting on his side he was able to talk to those sharks that were being ridden and have them you know like um you know throw off their rider and and fight with him and then also those crazy sea creatures that his mom had to protect herself from for you know however many years they were fighting with him you know yeah that was epic you know just that line of dialogue was so great i loved it i i think that i think the unfortunate thing is their universe has not been built as well accepted by fans I, and so you've got you've got Wonder Woman is great. You've got Aquaman is great. I liked all of the other movies. I really, really like Man of Steel. It's one of my favorite DC movies ever. Uh, and I liked Justice League. I liked Batman v Superman. But the fans in general haven't liked them and accepted them as well. And therefore, you really have these two cornerstones, which is Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And where do they go from here? Shazam is another one. Are they going to just ignore the stuff the fans don't like? Are they going to do some kind of like take a break and bring it back? I don't think they're ignoring because, and this, and this is going to kind of drop us into news a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, so we'll just kind of shift gears into news right now. Um, yeah, we have Shazam coming. We have a Suicide Squad 2 coming. We have Green Lantern Corps coming. Uh, the Batman starts filming in November, November. Mm-hmm. So they have not announced who's playing Batman. I'm hoping this is Affleck. I hopefully this is an Affleck final run. They just recently confirmed. Zack Snyder just recently announced that if he was still in charge of what's going on, his plan was to kill Batman in Justice League Two, and that's probably why Affleck signed on because he knew it was a finite finite, finite number amount. of films, yeah. and then they would either usher in a new Batman. Uh, but that's when Nightwing was still on the table. But see, I think you know? Affle- I think he's a smart guy. He's a good director. He's a decent actor. I think he's a smart guy. But I also think he's such a fan of Batman. Oh, you know a- his yeah. listening to like um, Kevin Smith talk about him on his podcasts and stuff. You find out that Ben Affleck's like his fandom starts with The Dark Knight. Starts with uh, Frank Miller. Yeah, and and it's just like. That is his Batman, and that's what he's trying to do, what Ben Affleck's trying to do, which is, of course, what everyone has been trying to do. So it's a little trendy, but I feel like Ben Affleck would have not overlooked the opportunity to play Batman if they said, we want you for 30 movies. He would have been like, okay. Right. But he may have regrets later now, but I right. think at the time he would have signed I think on Affleck, regardless. I think he any regrets like, Affleck As much has. as I can do this as possible. Right. I think any regrets <laughs> Affleck has right now is because the movies aren't being as well received as mine. Mm-hmm. I really think that is. And I've said it before in previous episodes. I think DC is just getting an unfair criticism oh, yeah. by the internet. Yeah. Because there are Everybody many, there are many, there are many fans I talk to that are like, oh, no, I like those movies. I don't think they're as good as Marvel, but I mm-hmm. like them, which is fine. Marvel is... See, the, this Marvel is the way started, the internet works, though. Right. If there's something out there that you're not as good at, you might as well be trash under our feet. Right, because the you internet know? hates everything. So right. If, if, if there's something else better, then you are the first loser. You know, second, well, play, second place is miles well, the away way from first place. Well, the way you say that, let's their... talk about something we know there is no equal and everyone loves, and that's Game of Thrones. Right. Okay, so Game of Thrones comes back in April... Yes. Um, April 14th is the air date. Uh, true I better Detect- mark my calendar so yeah. that I can buy the HBO Now app. <laughs> um, 
for so a month. What, what Scott here does is he gets HBO during Game of Thrones and then deletes it after Game of Thrones is over. So, Absolutely. Um, I've also watched um, Westworld. Westworld Season 1. I need to watch yeah. Season 2 still. Yeah. Like I said, cord cutter. Gotta yeah. catch up. I know. You'll, you'll catch show. up. Well, HBO brought back True Detective. That aired this past Sunday. Um, I watched the first two seasons. Loved the first one. Have no idea what was going on in the second one, even though I stuck it out for the whole season. Still don't know what happened. This third season started, and they dropped a trailer for Game of Thrones with an air date. So right now, the air date will be April 14th. That is not anything new. If you have been following uh, this for a while, the April 14th date has shown up many times, and now it's official confirmation. Um, I'm going to walk you through the trailer because... Go for it. When I say this is not spoiler territory because this is 100%, nothing was shown. Yeah. So the trailer starts with Jon Snow in the catacombs under Winterfell. And he's got a torch in his hand and he's walking through the catacombs and he walks past a statue of, you are caught up to current Game of Thrones, correct? Everything but the very current... um, What's about to air. Everything but what's about to air. Okay, so he walks past a statue, which I'm assuming is Lyanna Stark, his mother. Yeah. And you hear a line of dialogue from a previous season. Does he know yet? He does not know. He yet. doesn't even he know. He does yet. not know. Yeah. Yet. But in the trailer, he walks past the statue and you hear a line of dialogue from a previous season. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts to Sansa Stark in another part of the catacombs walking, and she passes her a statue of her mother, Catelyn, and you hear a line from Catelyn from a previous season. And then Arya is walking through another part of the catacombs, and you see... She walked past her dad. She walks past her dad, and you hear a line of dialogue from a previous season. The three of them come together in, like, a crossroads in the catacombs in front of three statues who you're not really sure who they are, and then they hear a noise, they turn around, and you just see ice coming at them, and then it says, April 14th. (laughs) That is the trailer. (laughs) That's so, pretty awesome. So when I say you saw nothing, you saw nothing. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder why they're down there. Are well, they down I mean, there? Are they down there because they're having a siblings meeting? Like, hey, we need to have a meeting not in front of everybody where we can get away from the politics and be. we really can talk they this could out. Be, are they down there because the catacombs is a place that they can uh, protect themselves and hide because maybe the rest of the castle is completely ransacked by White Walkers? Do you want to know what my thing that is? What do you think? I think it was the only thing they could show you without giving away anything it could have in a been trailer filmed because just, it could have been filmed just for a trailer <laughs> to be awesome. And right. I really appreciate when they do that stuff. Uh, have we announced what our top five list is tonight? No, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. All right. All right. Well, I was just going to say that I've heard people talk garbage about the Rogue One trailer for Star Wars. Okay. But it's fantastic because half of that stuff didn't make it into the movie. And that's why I like it, because oh, it sure. got me amped about the movie. That's actually not true. But it would have got me amped about the movie, and then I would have not had anything spoiled for me. There's one moment in the trailer that <clears throat> bums me that it's not actually in the movie. And there's okay. and that everybody says, but what about this moment? It's and just, like, there's one moment that I'm like, didn't man, love, I wish that was didn't in you the love movie. The movie? Because... I mean, what, what oh, would I you, love you would have had to trade something out, I'm I sure. loved the movie, but there's that one, there's one moment where I was like, <gasps> Like mm-hmm. holding my breath, and then it it wasn't it got cut from the film, which is not a, fine, whatever. Um, all right, so Game of Thrones trailer, real quick. There's a Spider-Man trailer that dropped this week. 
Uh, Scott has not watched it and refuses to watch it because he feels it's going to be spoilers, and that's fine to each your own. Yeah, I'm one of those weirdos. I don't watch trailers. If I know I'm going to see something already and a trailer's not going to change my mind, I'm not going to see the trailer because I'd rather go in completely blind. Right. So here's what I'm going to say. I liked what I saw. What I saw made me happy. Well, I can tell you that I've seen still images. Can we talk about the still images? Sure. I mean, everybody's okay. seen the okay. spoiler. Okay. What? You, or at the trailer, but we can call it a spoiler. Um, what? So what I've seen still is I've seen, seen Spider-Man wearing his complete Spider-Man outfit, only instead of blue, he's it's got black. black. Yeah. I, is it black? Is it just dark, 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 dark blue? I think That's it's for, black. For, and I really dig it. It looks awesome. Well, yeah. It looks like it's it's a to me it's a callback to two things from the comics. It's a it's a nod to the comics. Uh, that is pretty close to how he looked when Todd McFarlane drew him. Yeah. Todd McFarlane used a super dark blue on his Spider-Man. And Todd McFarlane, by the way, is my favorite Spider-Man artist. Sure. Awesome. Fantastic. He also created Venom. Love the guy. Can't wait for him to get uh, things figured out so he can actually make this Spawn movie. Um, and then also it was a callback to uh, um, Superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Which is Doc Ock actually yep. in Peter it's Parker's almost, it almost looks body, identical to the and he wore black. Guy. Yep. So it's it yep. looks like that too, and um, they're probably really more referencing that as a nod than going probably, all the way back because that's that's a little more McFarlane. current. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more just current. more current. So, yeah. uh, what did you? What other still image have you seen? The other still image I've seen is an up close of uh, I assume it's Peter Parker wearing a black ski mask with uh, white Spider-Man eyes, and he looks. Similar, and I think it is a nod to uh, Spider-Man Noir. Yeah, a little bit. And he's got like a um, like there's a little bit of a headset he, on there. Headset, yeah. yeah. He's got a he's got like a his spy gear to go along with his spy mask, which is just a black ski mask, which is funny because to me uh, they're doing it to to make a nod to Spider-Man Noir, but then they're also making it funny by saying, okay, anybody could have just grabbed a black ski mask and done a couple of adjustments and. Right. Put a put a phone headset on. Right, and Peter Parker's um, not rich like Tony Stark is, you know, so he doesn't right. have. All Did that you stuff. see any still images of the villain? No. So you don't know who the villain is. I do because people won't keep <laughs> their mouth shut at work. Um, so Mysterio is going to be the villain. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal is going to play Mysterio. Yes. I'm, That's it. That's all I know. I'm amped for that. I love the idea. I'm so this happy. Is, this is where I can tell you that from the from what you get to see in the trailer, I'm pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, like, look, this is the tickets are pre-sold. I'm going to be there. Um, I already have my Captain Marvel ticket, so uh, yeah, exactly. I, I look at it as in I'm just happy to see what it is. This movie makes me like I think this looks better than Homecoming, um, and that's just I think I went into Homecoming with some weird expectations, weird like well, high bar. Everybody like, had weird expectations after Civil War. People were like. Is this going to be the best Spider-Man movie? Is this going to be a weird, terrible Spider-Man movie? Is Sony really going to work well with Marvel? Is this going to be think, garbage? I think is, my is this whole idea going to ruin the whole MCU? Like, it was all... that There was some weird stuff yeah. at that point. I think my problem with Homecoming was Marvel gets their flagship character back from Sony for this movie. And I'm like, sweet, Marvel's going to show you how it's done. Hmm. And then I walked out of the theater going, What? Yeah, well, they still had like, to play nice with the people they, who they still own had, the license. Right, they had to know, play so. nice, but they also had to, like... But, like, for example, they, in my opinion, they totally messed up the whole MJ thing. And oh, I have yeah, to, and I have, that's true. And I'm going to have to deal with it going forward. Yep. 
and they totally messed up Flash Thompson. Yep. I'm going to have to deal with it going forward. And all I'm thinking is when I was watching those movies and those two pillars of the Spider-Man mythos are like gnawing at me, I'm thinking you have one job and that is to get it right and you screwed it up. Mm-hmm. And because if you read comic books or you look back at the other uh, Spider-Man it, films, the Flash Thompson from the other Spider-Man films would beat the living hell out of the Flash Thompson from these new Spider-Man movies. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the Flash Thompson from current Spider-Man uh, comics would beat the hell out of the Flash Thompson from any other comic or any any of the movies. Right. But it's... but you're right. They they took some liberties with those characters. They made them weird. I think that they made them because they were trying to be connecting with a young current adolescent audience. And maybe that audience is weird. No offense to any of you guys listening, but. Uh, it, it, it's, it's weird and it, it's jarring to somebody who's been a fan as long as we have and knowing how much those characters mean to the Spider-Man character right Flash Thompson I can live with that because I don't care that much about that character but MJ that's a really hard pill to swallow MJ's the hard one um, like if they didn't do that with that character at the very end they didn't need that line they didn't. They could have cut that out, and all of us would have just walked out of that like, well, they screwed Flash Thompson up, but who cares? It was awesome. But instead, we're all like, they just screwed up MJ yeah. and Flash Thompson. Yeah. You know, it's like another yeah. tick to... Well, anyway, the, the Far From Home looks great. Good. I'm excited. Um, there's a big thing on the internet right now where people are freaking out about the... Uh... Oh, but I don't want anybody to think I don't like that movie. Sure. I love that movie. Sure. I, I think... I think it's better than Sam Raimi's, all of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. That's a bold statement. It is a very bold statement because I think Sam Raimi got MJ wrong. And I think Sam Raimi got Peter Parker wrong. And I think Sam Raimi got Spider-Man wrong. And I'm not even talking about the third movie, which is wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) I'm talking about the best of his movies was the second one. It was very good. I loved it. But that that Peter Parker that they had in Homecoming, that's Peter Parker. And that Spider-Man that they had, Spider-Man was better by Andrew Garfield. His portrayal of Spider-Man is Spider-Man. Which, that's, that's, a, that's an unpopular opinion, too, but I His appreciate it. His portrayal hearing. of Spider-Man is Spider-Man. I mean, you read the comics, and you go watch that movie, and all the quips and the smart-alecky remarks right. and all that stuff, that is what Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was. Right. Anyways, probably it's, taking too much time. I loved no, it's Homecoming. Good. I loved it. It's I don't want anybody to think I didn't. Um, yeah, <laughs> so, to keep this cruising along, because we don't want to keep you forever, yeah, um, so let's talk real quick. So Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise made a really interesting announcement. Um, really, like, I'm just... They just assuming. finished up what is, in essence, a trilogy. Uh, going from... Quindrilogy. Well, it's a it's a quintilogy right now. Well, there's well, five movies that have come out. There are six films. There's... So Mission Impossible Fallout is the sixth Mission Impossible film. Okay, I've seen all of them, uh, except for the most recent, except okay. for Fallout. Okay, so here's here's what's interesting. Mission Possible 3, 4, 5, and then this was the 6th? Yes. Okay, so 3, 4, and 5 felt like a trilogy. To felt me, like a trilogy. What I was trying to say. Mission Impossible Fallout, which is 6, wraps up some loose... It, regardless of the story they tell, they wrap up some of the loose ends from 3, 4, well, and 5. Well, there were some loose ends. <laughs> well, they, they kind of close them. It's almost as if it was designed to be four movies. I'm not saying it's meant to be like a like four movies, but I feel like it's, it was designed. And you mentioned JJ; um, he produced all four. He directed three and then produced the next three, four, five, six. Okay. Here's what's interesting: uh, the director of Mission Impossible Fallout. So it was rumored that he was in talks to do a DC project, but 
then it was rumored that those talks never happened. And he's saying, I don't know where people are getting their information from. But what I do know is, is that Tom Cruise released a post earlier this week that said uh, that it was a picture of like the fuse being lit and it just said MI, so Mission Impossible. And then it said 2021, 2022. And that's all it said. That says to me, we got two more Mission Impossible movies coming and it's going to be a two-parter, which is awesome. Because I, I think I think what what I think is cool is when they do that, where they shoot like a big thing back to back and they split it into two. You get and the story so right. So that like way. so like Mission Impossible Seven would release like in November, and then in February you release the other one, so they're real close releases or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just think that's really cool. A little hiatus between them. Well, and it's it's working now. You know, know, if you if you get it right, it works because people want to see the next one as soon as possible. People don't have the patience or. Uh, they don't need the patience anymore because these things are coming out so fast. Right. But um, well, I, people couldn't hold on for a sequel for three years. We waited a really long time between five and six, <laughs> and six was such a payoff. I know you haven't seen it no, yet. I, haven't seen I don't it. want to oversell it on you, but good God, is it amazing. Um, so I just think that's awesome. I'm excited more Mission Impossible because they're doing, they're doing to spy stuff what the James Bond movies should be and they're not. Yeah, and you said that really, in the previous I listened to that yeah, uh, this week actually and I totally agree and uh, love love James Bond, always have I don't know if there's a single James Bond movie that I don't like. There are definitely versions really? of James you're Bond. Really? You like Moonraker? Holy well I saw cow. that one when I was a kid, you know, so as a <laughs> right. kid you like it because you're like, yeah this is epic and awesome and amazing that I'm allowed to watch this movie. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh it, it's it's weird. James Bond just has a weird tone to it, and it's sure. not as like well, people one, aren't gnawing at the bit for it like they should be. One more piece of uh, news: uh, Dan Aykroyd made an announcement a while back about him wanting to do a Ghostbusters sequel to the original series. I think they missed their opportunity, honestly. Well, I'm gonna agree with you on that, but officially, there's a Ghostbuster original generation sequel coming it will release in 2020 so without harold ramis i'm worried that this goes the way of blues brothers 2000 well and that's a possibility too here's my issue with it is that they wanted to do a ghostbusters sequel the dan Aykroyd thing wasn't working out paul feig stepped in and said we're going to do an all-female Ghostbusters." and i liked that movie which isn't bad but I feel like because it was not at all remotely tied into the original Ghostbusters, and mm-hmm. I'm not talking it's about... It's almost like you have... If you wanted to say there were two Ghostbuster worlds, there's Earth yeah, 1 and Earth 2 It's like an alternate reality universe. Like Ghostbusters story. Yeah, because... Yeah. Like, all, all I needed from the, girl, the female Ghostbusters movie was one line of dialogue when they said, didn't a bunch of guys try this already? And... That would have been enough for me mm-hmm. because, but they didn't even do that. But they kept showing. They showed like the original firehouse. They showed they showed too much original stuff without being anything related to the original thing, and became its own thing. To now, I felt like it was a little missed opportunity kind of thing. Here, I'm gonna see it. It's Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm gonna I've see it. Like I'm already my, my ticket's already bought. I know. I'm not I gonna just, watch the trailer. But I agree. <laughs> but I agree. It was very. I think they've missed their opportunity. Harold Ramis is gone. There's nothing they can do. I mean, he's dead. There's nothing they can do yeah. about that. So, are they going to work around that? They need at least a dialogue, a line of dialogue in there about you know him not being there. And then, what's the tone of the movie going to be? Who's the baddie going to be? 
Um, no, the baddie they can figure out yeah, later. That's, that's all irrelevant. Stuff, yeah. We just look, Ghostbusters. It's kind of like this: is when you bring take an old franchise and you make it new, you think to yourself, "What is it necessary for this movie to work?" <laughs> look at. Um, I know. I know a lot of people don't like Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. I know that's like mm. a down point. But when Indiana Jones came back, we hadn't had Indiana Jones in so long, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what do you so need? So what do you anticipation. need? You need a MacGuffin. Alone. You need the MacGuffin for Indiana Jones to go after. So he has the quest to go on. We'll see. You but, need a creature. You need a car chase. You need a fight. Like you. But I feel there like things that, that kind of conversation inside of a producer's or writer's room is bad, because sure. what they're saying is. Guys, we've already sold the tickets. We just have to produce this movie. So what's the bad guy going to be? And then it's not based really on story. The whole thing is here's the boxes that we need to check. We'll check them all. But but going with that attitude, you're going to end up with one of those boxes being a complete load of garbage. I, and the fans are going to know it. You right. know, The fans I are going to sit there you. and go, I... I can't believe I spent my money on this. I, I can't agree with you. Did this but in terms of checking franchise, in, but in terms of checking boxes, <laughs> I went in going, "I want an Indiana Jones movie. This is what I expect from an Indiana Jones movie." I walked out saying, regardless of how the internet reacted, I saw an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, Do you know what even I mean. Though it felt a little bit more like an X Files movie, but let's not talk about the X Files movie that came out that same year. But what I'm saying is, is that with the Ghostbusters situation is. There's some thing, there's some boxes that need to be checked, and then the rest of it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you don't have to check every box, but you got to check some of these. Yeah, but I the really rather they have somebody who is just a good writer. You know, not somebody checking boxes. Somebody who's just well, like, okay, this is a comedy. I can write comedy. I'll get a plot. Well, the you know, right. Hopefully those boxes get checked. But if they don't get checked, if the whole thing is a good package, go with it. You know. Well, if the <laughs> writers from the originals that are still alive are working on this, I think we'll be fine. And see, Harold Ramis is a big part of that. I know, and but the so, other the other writers, yeah, they'll Harold be able to... Ram- minus Harold Ramis are still alive, and they're all being a part of it. So I think that's where I think we'll be okay. Um, however, we are running a little bit longer than I expected. Oh, yeah. So let's move on. So here's what we're going to do. When I asked Scott to come on and fill Peter's seat for the evening, mm-hmm. we were talking. He said he had – he's like, I'm not coming on without a top five list. So we're going to do this really weird top five list for him. Scott is one of those guys that feels spoil- – uh, trailers are spoilers. His tra- trailers are often inc- often include spoilers. They're 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 too spoilery. Like the it's Spider-Man irresponsible irresponsible marketing. <laughs> right. They take the best <laughs> of the movie and they show it to you so that you buy the ticket. If it's a movie that I already know I'm going to see, I will avoid that trailer so that the best of the movie happens for me when I'm sitting in the sure. movie. Now what I do is I watch the trailer one time to get excited and then I avoid the TV spots because I'm like, oh, well, the, yeah, I'm the so TV excited. spots will kill it. The even TV more. spotted spots are even worse than the yeah. trailers themselves. But because he has this mentality and I said, "What do you, I go, you have to pick the list because we're going to uh, because you're coming on and I had something planned for Peter and I don't have time to put together a list." <laughs> His response was, well, let's do favorite trailers. Which is which... weird. Which is weird because of my attitude. But my attitude wasn't like that always. So let me go back a little bit. I actually love trailers. I love them. There's nothing better than getting yourself amped up after watching 30 seconds to two minutes of something that you love so much. But, like I said, irresponsible marketing will blow it for you. For example... Spider-Man Homecoming is a perfect example. Well, the better example is Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. In the... 
in the trailer, hmm. they showed you that Hulk that. was in the movie. Oh, yeah. And if you didn't know that, I'm telling you, I would have jumped up so high my head would have hit the ceiling of the theater if I didn't know that. Right. Now, I didn't see the trailer because I didn't want to have anything spoiled, but it was such a big reveal that everyone was talking about it. People at work, people on the internet, people I haven't spoken to for 10 years, but they're on my Facebook feed that I can't, you know, delete yeah. their friendship yeah. or something Yeah, so you like got that ruined for so you. So it got ruined for me even though I didn't watch the trailer, but it was so big. Like, whoever was in charge of that... The marketing guy needs to be like smacked across the face and right. said, look, okay. this is our big car. So here you go. This is our ace in our sleeve. You don't show it until the deck is called, you know? Right. So with that specific <laughs> moment, um, the... Uh, but there's some more good ones and we'll talk about we'll that. We'll talk we about that. But that very specific moment, Hulk and Thor <laughs> Ragnarok trailer, they... Uh, when my friend Brent, who came on the show a while back, and I, she was watching through the Marvel movies, and she was... Uh, yeah, she was a very she good guest. Borrowing, I listened to that. She was borrowing them from me. One of the things that I thought was really funny was when I handed her Thor Ragnarok, she had not watched any of the trailers. You said don't. I, well, I said obviously don't, but I was like, don't look at the back of the box. And she goes, why? And I go, just, just don't. don't. Because I didn't want her to know Hulk is in the movie, <clears throat> and they put Hulk on the back of the box. Mm -hmm. Guys, come on. It's not that yeah, difficult. It's marketing. It so, really is all, I know, all it's the just bad marketing. marketing. Well, and I, the people who are worse at this are the people who do comedy movies. Oh, comedy yeah. movies blow all the best jokes. There's no reason to ever pay to see a comedy movie. No, all the good all. jokes will be gone. Um, the Spider-Man Homecoming thing, the reason that trailer sucked is, well, it, I mean, the trailer was cool, but if you, paid, if you paid attention to what you were watching, it was the entire movie in sequential order in two minutes. Which, th which trailer? Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. Well. Two minutes, the entire movie in sequential order. You could tell it was sequential order. And I was like, well, I've already seen the movie. I guess I'm still going to go to the theater. I don't know why, but I'm going to go to the, th you know, so mm -hmm. that really bugged me. Anyway, let's go into the list. So, so I have this thing when I I do see some trailers, and okay. I usually see trailers for movies that I don't know if I want to watch yet. And I want to say more than fifty percent of the time, at the end of the trailer, I say, "Well, I guess I don't need to see that movie because I already have." Yeah, you know, you've already right. seen everything. So <laughs> let's go into the list. For the top five. I'm gonna let you go first because you're the guest. If okay. that's all right. Yeah, that's fine. Um, you get five picks and you get up to two. I only have one honorable, honorable mention. mention. Alrighty. So, I have two honorable mentions so, and one of them is a cheat. So I've been practicing. Oh, we we need to explain to them. We picked these trailers without doing any internet research. Any research. This was straight off. So the, the rules were the rules were pick your top five movie trailers, only go off memory. Do not look up on the internet. Do not rewatch any of the trailers. Anything like that. Just if you remember it, it must have been good. So bring that list. Okay. So okay. obviously there's going to be some trailers that we've missed, and you're going to say something and be like, "Oh my gosh!" And I might say something. You might have the same reaction. And somebody who's listening to this might say, uh, "Those trailers all suck, and these are the good ones." And you might be absolutely right, but you also might have you know a better memory than me, or you might have access to the internet to rewatch right. those things. So if we miss your favorite trailer, I'm sorry. Yeah. My first honorable mention. Now again, I've been avoiding trailers for movies I know I'm going to see for at least seven years now. Interesting. Okay, so most so of my most favorite trailers are, like are older, old school. But yeah. I have one that is newer, and it the honorable mention goes to Guardians of the Galaxy. 
All right. If you remember this trailer, and I actually watched this trailer because I am a big Marvel fan, but I'm not... I'm a big Marvel fan compared to, you know, your general movie-going Marvel fan. I've read a lot of Spider-Man. I've read a lot of X-Men. I've read a decent amount of Fantastic Four. I've watched all the movies, but there are a lot of comics out there that I don't know anything about. And Guardians of the Galaxy was one of those. Just never came across. It was not something I was interested in. There was too much stuff going on. I was going yeah, to college. It was look. I don't care what Marvel I had fan no you idea are. what Guardians was when every Marvel when fan this movie was announced. Every Marvel fan Guardians <clears throat> is obscure. So. Yeah. So Guardians comes across as a movie title, and I'm like, do I need to see this movie? What is this movie? And I watched the trailer. And I still didn't know it was connected to Marvel until the very end of the trailer. They have, like, the little Marvel logo. I'm like, what? Yeah. But even after, like, that movie, the soundtrack to the movie is so great. And they used uh, Uga Chaka, the Uga Chaka song. Oh. Yeah. Um, I can't hooked stop. On, hooked on, hooked a on a Feeling. They used Hooked on a Feeling. They timed it so well with Rocket's rocket launcher or his guns in that movie. Right. And the comedy in that trailer, like... Uh, <laughs> they call themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then the other guy's like, "What a bunch of aholes!" <laughs> so good. That line made me want to see the movie even before I knew it was connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. So that's my honorable mention. Uh, it's it's the, probably the most recent Marvel trailer right. that I've seen before I've seen um, the movie. All right, so I have two honorable mentions. One of them <clears throat> is The Island. Oh, I almost put this on my list. Um, this was a trailer that. I I had knew nothing about the island at the time. It's not connected to like anything. It's not connected to like a it's comic its book or a thing. novel. It's a completely original thing. The trailer by itself was just cool, and it made me want to go to the and movie. And it didn't spoil the movie. No, it didn't. And it not only did it not spoil the movie, is I remember being in the movie theater watching it, getting bored. Because I'm like, where is this going? And then the twist hits and you right about twist, the time when you start to get bored. Right when you start to get bored, the twist hits and you sit up straight in your seat and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a completely what? different movie than I thought it was. <laughs> and what? Then, and then this is where irresponsible marketing comes in. Don't read the back of the box because it ruins the twist yeah. that happens oh, totally. in the middle of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So That's a great um, movie. That's a, it's a really it, – it's it, the trailer just made me excited. Um, the other honorable mention I have is a cheat, and the reason it's a cheat is because it's a trailer for a fake movie that's not real. So when Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez got together to make the Grindhouse, oh films, yeah, they did the fake the front, ones in the middle. At the front of uh, Planet Terror, like, which well, is you after watched it, you watched it as a double feature, mm-hmm. but between the two features, they had fake movie trailers. So they got these guest directors to come in and shoot these trailers for not real movies. So they mm-hmm. like they were all staged trailers. So the trailer was for a horror movie called Don't. And that's my honorable mention. And the whole point, it was clearly just looked like a regular horror movie, but it was like, don't go up the stairs. Don't (laughs) open the door. Don't. Like, you know what I mean? It was all like weird stuff like that. And it was just such a really fun trailer. So even though the movie's not real, I'm only putting it on my honorable mentions because it was such a cool trailer, even though the movie never existed. So... Yeah, anyway, so that brings you to your, your so, actual first pick. So my actual first pick almost made my honorable mentions. I was toying around between which one's going to make the list and which one's not. All right. Okay? The movie 300. All right, interesting. Very interesting. And I remember this movie, again, we made this list from memory without going to the internet, but this movie was on, I want to say it was on my memory from seeing Gladiator. 
So I'd seen Gladiator years before this movie ever came out. I loved Gladiator. It's probably the only Russell Crowe movie that I really, really like that much. Um, mm-hmm. But but then this movie, uh, 300, comes out, and it's just visually looks different from every combat movie you've ever seen. Yeah. And that's what caught my eye, is just the visual effects that are in that trailer and the way that they're fighting and the way the camera's moving. Because the cam- it's this movie was like combat... Combat scenes from The Matrix mixed with fighting from Gladiator or something like that, you know, which is just totally wacky and, and genius at the same time. You know, why didn't this ever come out before? Totally awesome. Uh, but, yeah, it, it definitely got my butt in the seat. So Sweet. Um, the first one I'm going to mention is a movie called Dark City. Okay. Did you ever see Dark yes, City? Yes, I've seen okay. You, you told me I had to watch it I'm when I was sure in high school. This, I didn't have any clue what was happening. All I knew is that there was a city and it was nighttime and things looked weird and buildings were twisting and there were these creepy guys in like trench coats and hats and that looked like aliens and I'm like, there's, they, things are living underground. I I don't it was somewhat of was a, it was somewhat of a Blade Runner um, feel to it from the trailer. Yeah, there was right? something. There I don't know if some, I saw the trailer. I can't the remember sci-fi the trailer. aspect of the trailer like made you really not sure what you were walking into. If you were to watch a tra- if you were to watch a trailer now, I mean, if you could go find that original trailer, cool. I'm sure, Google but it. I know that like once you actually see the movie, I feel like anything I thought the movie was going to be, the movie was not at all what I thought was going to happen, and. But it was just there. There was clearly like a mystery around what the movie really was. But the trailer got me so excited to see this thing that I didn't know what it was, and that that was the whole point. Like you know, so Dark City just it was just an amazing trailer. The movie's great. I highly if you like space science fiction, what's going on kind of movies, Dark City is a really really cool uh, movie to watch. So, yeah. uh, all right. So my next trailer is Iron Man. Iron Man 1? Iron Man 1. Um, Honestly, as soon as this trailer came out, this was before I was in my boycotting trailer phase of my life, and I was like, okay, I got to see this trailer, and I saw the trailer, and I I already knew I was going to go see this movie, but the moment that Iron Man launches a rocket out of his shoulder or his arm and then blows up the tank, but he does the cool guys, don't look at explosions move, I was sold. I was oversold. Like and the music because that's a, that's a really funny <clears throat> cool guy don't look at the explosion move because usually the guy's running from the explosion or something like but that. But he's not but running at all. He running. just turns he's, and he's, then boom. He's far enough away from it so that there's epic. no like ghetto out of the way. And what is great about that trailer is that that movie came out at a time when uh, superhero movies were um, either either Batman. Or uh, Man of Steel. Time. Well, Man of Steel no, was Man just Steel after that. Was not even close. But that Dark Knight was, was about the same time as same Iron year. Man. Same year. And then what? Was, what was going on? Nothing was going on for Marvel. No, Marvel had and, nothing. And nobody cared about Iron Man. No, Iron Man was almost a canceled. He was a supporting character in terms of comic books. No one like, cared about like, that character. Everyone was like, Iron Man. What? Okay. Yeah. And 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 when. When Marvel announces they're going to use Iron Man in a movie, people are thinking, okay, well, that's because you don't have Spider-Man, and you don't have X-Men, and you don't have your big guns. Right. So you're pulling from your you know, third string, and this is going to suck. And then you saw that trailer, and you're like, 
Iron Man might be my new favorite superhero. So <laughs> who wants the, to go see the movie? Just from the trailer. Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> right. Um, <clears throat> so my next one is going to be Sin City. Oh, nice. There's, I almost put this on the There's list not too. a theme there. It's just... <laughs> There's not like a theme going here from Dark City to Sin City, but Sin City was one where this was one of the first comic book movies to be page to screen verbatim. If you saw it on the page, it made it to the screen comic book movies beyond anything Marvel's done, beyond anything DC's done. This was an independent comic book film where that is exactly what I saw verbatim on the page. It It's on the screen verbatim Mm -hmm. you know not just screenshots and frame shots and everything but lines of dialogue the whole nine Mm -hmm. so my comic knowledge made me go holy cow you guys did something special i have to see this but the just the fan of like the medium i was like this is something special when that movie came out you and i had a conversation about what's the best comic book movie that's ever been made and the argument was is it Sin City? Yeah. You know, because there's been a ton of comic book movies that have been made. At Superheroes time, all over the time. At the time. But By we, all means, Sin City does not hold a candle to today's standards. Right. But at the time. But at the time, we, ha- we had that conversation of, is this the best comic book movie that's ever been made? And it's because the way that they did it. You know, yeah. it's because they the whole movie was a... A level of being... Like, there's a they, love story to the comic. They took being faithful to a new degree of being faithful to the story. Yeah, because it's not just faithful to the story. They were faithful in the way it looked, in the cinematography, in the effects to make it look like it was drawn. Yeah. You know, it was like you were watching a drawing. Right. Very cool. Um, yeah, so go ahead. All right, so we got two left on my list. Is that right? Three. Three. Uh, I got two left on my list. Oh, are you wrong? You've told me about three movies. Oh, so my honorable mention wasn't an honorable mention. It was Ooh. one of my five. All right. <laughs> so in that case, let me catch up so we both have two left. Okay. Um, so the next one I'm going to mention is Jurassic Park. Okay. Uh, the original film from 93. I was 13 when Jurassic Park 1 came out. Mm-hmm. All it I was knew, PG-13? It was PG-13. Jurassic Park was the first movie that I was dropped off at a theater to see with my friends. Yes. I um, remember this very vividly. Um, Honestly, I remember you getting to go to this movie very vividly. Because the, you were 13 and I was 10. Thank you. Yep. So, you, we both had seen the trailer. We both had gone absolute ape shit. And <laughs> I didn't know if I could say that. And no, you can um, say it. it's fine. And you were like, I'm going with my friend to see this, and it's gonna be great. And mom and dad were like, okay. And that just threw me for a loop, like, what? Like um this, but here's the thing. This, so I this begged. trailer. This trailer. I you knew, and here's the thing. You can look at the history of like film. Um, I talked about how I feel like Jurassic Park is like the break between old Hollywood and new in terms of special effects. You can look at the movie. You can go back and look at the movie. No matter how you, like, you knew from the trailer alone that this was something special. Well, yeah, it was more than, it was more than something special. Oh, it was going to be the most amazing thing. Who, what kid doesn't love dinosaurs? Right. And then all, and what kid doesn't love a T-Rex, you know? And then they throw up these dinosaurs that look like they're real. Yeah. And we hadn't seen that kind of a special effect before. And so I think that the trailer goes, 
you know, you've got the music, you've got uh, the old man talking about the park a little bit. Uh, then they show a shot of like a brontosaurus. They show the then, gate, and you're just like, and they show the gate. They and then did they, at the end do they show the T Rex? I don't think they. Sh- do you hear honestly, the T Rex scream? Honestly, I don't even know if they showed a dinosaur in that trailer. I feel like they did. Trailer. I feel like they showed. Maybe maybe not, but I feel like they did. And but maybe they didn't show the T Rex because that was their big. That was their ace up their sleeve. But I, I feel like they showed a brontosaurus or something like that scene when they pull up in the jeeps and the and the brontosaurus. Yeah, is yeah, up. maybe that was there. But I mean, <clears throat> you just knew there was, this was going to be something special. Mm-hmm. We were going on a ride, and it was going to be amazing. And that's mm-hmm. you know, it was awesome. So yeah, Jurassic Park. But anyways, I begged and pleaded uh, with Dad so that he would take me. And I, I actually got him to take me. So I didn't get to go by myself. It wasn't like my first time getting dropped off by myself. But No, that was like, just... That movie holds... I want to see that whether movie, Whether my, my feelings on the movie aside, that is the first movie I actually it's got a great to memory. see by myself with yep. my friends. And you get dropped off at the theater and we'll pick you up later and that kind of thing. So Absolutely. Rite of passage memory. Yeah, basically. All right, so... All right, two movies left. My next trailer, and do not laugh, but I love this trailer. It's very dear to me. Is the trailer for the Emperor's New Groove? That's all right. That's a. I don't remember. I don't remember the trailer at all. Love the movie. I love. I I remember it very vividly. Um, the movie. Uh, okay, so I was I was kind of a big David Spade fan at the time. Okay. And he Who's had not done a David Spade fan. I don't know, but he had <laughs> done uh, Tommy Boy, and I, th- he, I don't think he had done, the other one. Uh, whatever that other one was, doesn't matter, right? Um, so I was a big David Spade fan. Heard his voice in the trailer and was instantly cued into. Wait, what's going on? Wait, this is a Disney movie. And then what sealed the deal? And this was a little bit too much for the marketing to put this in there because it's probably the best line in the whole movie. Was uh, the uh, the Emperor and um, Pancha are tied up to that log and they're floating down the river and they're about to go over a waterfall and the Emperor can't see it. Uh, Cusco can't see it yeah. and he goes wait a minute let me guess there's a waterfall uh-huh. uh huh sharp sharp rocks at the bottom most likely <laughs> and he just says bring it on <laughs> right when, when he says that I was like slam my fist down on the coffee table I am going to this and then it took me like it took me like two hours to convince my friend I was a freshman in college when this movie came out my friend was a senior in high school we were going to go as two bros. We were going to go see Emperor's New Groove on a Friday night. He's like, no way in hell. And I'm like, look, it's going to be the best movie that there's that is out right now. Please just go with me. If you don't like it, I'll pay for your ticket. You know, we'll go out and we'll get some snacks or something like that. And I'll buy you whatever. He's like, fine. We walk out of that movie and he said the same thing. He's like, you don't have to pay for anything. I'm buying you. Dr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie is so good. So good. Um... All right, so my uh, my second to last pick is The Dark Knight. All right, so this is a trailer not only that got me excited for the movie, mm-hmm. this is a trailer that I watched way too many times. Mm-hmm. I didn't like freeze frame. I was just excited. Because this is of one how... that's burned into your memory because at that time of your life, you were like, "I need to study this. This I, is my not only not only this that, is my doctoral thesis, not, basically, right? coming to life. Basically, like that movie." Look, we all know how important The Dark Knight is to the comic book industry right now in terms mm-hmm. of, like, they made a movie that everyone went, oh my god, that's how you make a comic book movie. We don't get 
Avengers Infinity War mm-hmm. if the Dark Knight didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but this movie, um, I was so excited. I'm like, I cannot believe we're getting a Dark, we're getting a Joker that looks like this. I can't believe we're getting a Batman movie that looks like this. Yeah, we had Batman Begins, but that was like. Yes, that was the beginning. Batman of this, Begins but... was was met with lukewarm fans. I know people were super happy to see a new Batman movie. Uh, but I don't but think there they... were so many people who complained about his voice, and I was so behind his voice the whole time. I was so like, was I. I was like, did you did you watch the animated series? Do you but Bruce Wayne talks differently when Do he wears understand? the mask, <laughs> right? You know. So, but Batman Begins was done so earnestly, people didn't know how to take it. So when you got the Dark Knight, everyone was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" It was like Batman Begins laid the groundwork for this amazing piece of film that we were about to get. So I watched the trailer so many times that when I was there for the midnight showing, midnight release of The Dark Knight. Spoilers, if you haven't seen it, it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon gets shot in the movie. <laughs> and there are audible gasps from the crowd. Like, people are upset about this. And the only thing in my head was, there's scenes from the trailer we haven't seen yet. <laughs> <laughs> we know so, he lives. So, in a way, I knew Gordon lived. But yeah. in a way... So, that's another bad thing about... Oh, right. shit. I had scrolled down. I did have five in an honorable Interesting. mention. So, we so let, me, let me well, go. Hold on. Hold on. Um, so I'll let you get caught up. But that's really all I got to say about The Dark Knight. That trailer was... I, I, Yeah, I was planning on going to see it, but there was no... Like, after seeing that trailer, there was no second guessing the decision to see that movie. Like, holy cow, I couldn't wait. So... Um, Absolutely. Great, great trailer. Great yeah. movie. We actually revisited that conversation after that movie of what's the best comic book movie ever made. And I think at the time we agreed the Dark Knight. Well, was it was it. really funny because Dark Knight, I, there was a phone call that you got out of. We had both seen Iron Man. We had both seen Dark Knight. You called me after you got out of Dark Knight. We were talking on the phone and you said to me, I'll never forget this. You're like, look, if you're going to see two movies this year. You make sure you see Iron Man. Well, that's if because you're seeing one movie this year. <laughs> yeah, you better make sure it's The Dark Knight. <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, at the time, I was going back and forth in my head, like, which movie did I like better? I I believed that Dark Knight was better, but I liked Iron Man so much. I it know. was Iron Man is. If you were to say what's the best origin movie for a superhero, I would argue Iron Man. Ooh. It would be next. I mean, it's better than Man of Steel. Uh, I. <sighs> It's better than Spider Man. You know what? That is a whole no- That's a whole podcast. That's a whole other podcast, own. right? So. <laughs> but I would argue Iron Man because it, it's so fulfilling. It's such a great hero's journey from beginning to end. He's got a perfect arc. He's not the same guy he is at the beginning that he is at the end. But anyways, you're right. It's a whole other. Podcast. It's a whole other podcast. But, than, but that would be my argument. We're gonna be here but, all night. But at the same time, I knew I recognized how what a masterpiece Dark Knight is. You know, it's such a great, such a great movie. Yeah. Um, anyway, so let's catch up. So I got up. two you got, left. You get two. You've picks. got one left. I have one left. So, so I'll, I'll let you go. Get caught up. So I do both of mine back to back. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So my second to last pick, and again, I have two picks left because earlier in the podcast I said, oh, I only have four plus an honorable mention. I was wrong. I just needed to scroll back up. So my next one is Independence Day. Oh, right on. Yeah. We didn't match. No. We didn't. I thought we were gonna match on this one. The original Independence Day trailer. Uh, it came out early spring because the movie came out midsummer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was nothing to that trailer. There was nothing to know. that trailer. You had no <laughs> idea what was going on. 
at the, there's a bunch of cool music. There's some big shadows coming across the ground. You get the idea that something is floating above the ground. You don't even <laughs> see a picture of the spaceship. And then they show you, I think it's the Capitol building, but it might have been the White House. I think it was the White House. Getting destroyed by the laser. And then it stops. The The trailer was maybe, it felt like 20 seconds. Yeah, it was not. They it showed was not nothing. very much. But it even had, as you got closer to the movie where they do TV spots and longer trailers, they still didn't show anything. They didn't show anything. That movie was so perfectly marketed. You had no idea what the story was when you bought your movie ticket. You didn't even know what the it's story really was going to be about. It's really sad that movies are not marketed that way. way that way anymore. Like we know, I That's know, why I have it on my list. That was the perfect movie trailer, honestly. Right. Look. Forget my comic knowledge for a minute. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel releases soon. Regardless of my knowledge of the Marvel Universe, I already know too much about the movie. Yeah. Yeah, and that's now, why now would simply, I go see it. Now, simply, <laughs> simply, I did watch the trailer, mm-hmm. but it's a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just think that we need to go back to that marketing time of like just get them excited don't show them anything well that's and, why there's a reason you know, that's why there's a reason to have movies that are not from the source material that you know and love like this independence day was definitely influenced by war of the worlds this yeah. is previous to the tom cruise war of the worlds movie but definitely influenced by that but it was its own thing and nobody mm-hmm. knew what it was and when that when that mo- when that trailer dropped if you weren't standing up, because, I mean, it dropped on TV. If you weren't standing up in your living room, you, you were obviously sitting down in your living room on your couch enjoying yourself, and then this trailer comes across your screen. If you weren't standing up, then you're not, you're just not a movie guy like I am. Like, that that trailer had me so amped, and I know it had you amped, too. Like, I just remember, we looked at each other like, this yeah. is the movie that we have to see this year. Yeah. Um, okay, so my very last trailer. Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Okay. You didn't match this? Nope. Oh, man, I thought between those two. No, I, when, when you hear my <laughs> spiel on my last pick, you'll understand. So, so Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, in my opinion, is the perfect movie trailer. I have a love-hate relationship with it. I've never been so hyped about a movie, but just about any Star Wars fan has never been so hyped about a movie. True. So that's beside the point. In that movie, or in that trailer, you got... The, the thing I don't like about it was you got the whole story. Yeah. What I don't like about it is that, like all of the bad movie trailers out there, you got too much. Yeah. Everything great in that movie is in the trailer. But on the other hand, it made for an amazing trailer. And yeah. I don't think there's a movie trailer out that I have seen as much and as you're that. Talking to, and you're talking... Now, there are multiple trailers for that movie. So you're <laughs> specifically talking about the one that starts with the fog and then you see the kaiju with the Gungans walking through the fog and it says every saga has a beginning. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. But there's the, the epic lightsaber battle is at the end of that trailer. You've I know. Got they, the, you've got the... Um, Damn it. The pod race, I think, is in the trailer. But the, the song, the Duel of Fates... Duel of the Fates is the trailer song and it's just it's it's you're soaking it up like a sponge it's getting into your veins there there was nothing i could think about after that trailer came out there was nothing i could think about but star wars the anticipation for that movie and and i'm and i'm sorry marvel fans when i say this but the anticipation for star wars be sorry star wars just the truth the star wars the phantom menace anticipation in terms of film industry, dwarfs anything that has ever been done 
ever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, I understand people are excited for Endgame. I understand people are excited, were excited when Infinity War came out. It it pales in comparison to the anticipation for Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, um, absolutely does. Um, not it had never happened. Nothing like that had ever been done. Everybody who was a Star Wars fan, you know, deep in their hearts, there was a part of them that was dead, knowing that no Star Wars would ever exist again. And then George that just... Was, that was the end of the dark times, is basically what it was. Yeah, it really was. And it it was an amazing experience. And then, I mean, if you want to make the comparison to Marvel, you could say, okay, well, nobody's ever done... I'm only making the comparison to Marvel because about I know there's someone out there movie. going, well, hold on a second, Infinity War, no, yeah, no, no, I'm sorry. No. If, you were not, if you were not alive or too young to remember... If you were too young to remember or not alive at the time, I'm sorry, this is... You, you did not live through it. It's true. Step. The anticipation was enormous. It was in, intense. And that that is... That's my number one pick. And there's a movie made about the anticipation for that movie. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... And and again, that's my number one pick for, for movie trailers, top five movie trailers. Cool. And again, I have a love-hate relationship with it because it spoiled too much, but it was such an epic trailer. Well, mine... My final pick for the night is uh, Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which is a movie trailer that I have ne- never seen. Well, the reason Force Awakens is like, and I understand People your are point like, about what? I understand your point about the Phantom Menace. Now, the difference. But, okay, so the Phantom Menace is usually what I tell people when they say, "Why don't you watch movie trailers?" So, well, because in 1999, I watched the Phantom Menace movie trailer. <laughs> and for me, it's in 2008, I watched the Dark Knight trailer, and I knew James Gordon didn't die. Um, yeah. So, what I'm saying, though, is about Force Awakens is there was a brilliance to the marketing with that movie. Because we were waiting in real time 30 years to hear the story that we were about to be told. Mm-hmm. So, it was beginning to gain episode one level like anticipation and then they released a trailer and this is something that they did really smart about the trailer yeah of course they showed you an x-wing they showed you a tie fighter you got you you got to see a lightsaber turn on but you didn't know who was holding it you just saw the lightsaber but you were hearing lines of dialogue that and this is what was brilliant about this star wars was welcoming in the original trilogy generation the prequel trilogy generation, the Clone Wars television series generation, and this new sequel trilogy generation of fans. They were doing they were basically tasked with the impossible task of trying to bring in all these people back to Star Wars. And what they did was is in the trailer you heard lines of dialogue like, Who are you? Like, that was a line of dialogue in the trailer. You didn't know who was saying it, and you didn't know who it was being said to. And then, but there were lines of dialogue like that. It was directly, they were talking to someone in the trailer, story-wise, but they were, they were talking to you mm. as an audience. So they clipped it up. They so clipped that, it up. The, the... So at the end, so the trailer, yes, they were characters <laughs> talking to characters, but they were talking to you as an audience member. And the final shot of the trailer, Han and Chewie, Run into the Falcon. You haven't seen these characters in 30 years. And Han Solo, they run into the Falcon, they stop, and Han says, Chewie, we're home. Now see... And not and not we're home necessarily like we're on the Falcon again. We're home as in we as fans right. are home. 
Right. And then, and this is something, and then it moved forward. They didn't do it with Rogue One, and they didn't do it with the Solo film, but if you look at the Last Jedi trailers, and I know you didn't watch them, Mm -mm. but the Last Jedi trailers, they did it again, because the level of excitement with Force Awakens was so big that when the, the, the first thing you heard on the trailer for The Last Jedi was Luke Skywalker says, breathe. Just breathe. You heard that before you saw anything, which again, they're talking to you as an audience. Mm-hmm. And then in the trailer, you like while you're watching it, you're just like, what's going on? What's going on? And then Luke Skywalker says, this is not going to go the way you think. Mm. Again, they're talking to you as an audience. It was the most, it's most, the most brilliant marketing, in my opinion, that has been done in a very, very long time for a movie. And it hasn't blown the movie. Right, exactly. So Force Awakens. And so like, when I was telling you, dude, you can watch the trailer. It's because there was nothing to see. It was just like the Game of Thrones thing. There was nothing to see. But it was just enough to get you excited. And like the line when Han says, Chewie, we're home in the Force Awakens trailer, it made me tear up because I knew they were talking to me. You know? And it wasn't, oh my God, like it was, I knew I was seeing something special. So, and that's why I saved that for the last thing to talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. So at any rate, uh, that brings us to the end of the list and the end of the episode. So we have another episode in the can. Scott, it was a lot of fun having you here. Um, and you are w- always welcome to come back on the show. Um, Next time I come on the show, we're going to do top five characters that Peter looks like. Oh, sure. And let's do that. Virgil Cut from Willow is going to be on my list. <laughs> right on. Well, so here's what we're going to do. Um, so at one point, Scott will eventually join us back on the show. I don't know when that's going to be. It was a fill-in guest last minute. So Peter should be back next week. What Peter and I were going to try and do, like, so the top five list we're doing next week is top five things from 2019 that we're excited about that have nothing necessarily to do with anything. And I'm not talking, like, personal. This could be I'm excited about this book, this author's writing that's supposed to come out this year. Oh, hey, I'm excited about this video game that's coming. There's a new theme park at Disney we might talk about. Like, these are just the other, the miscellaneous items in 2019, aside from movies and television, that we're excited about. Because we wanted to discuss that before this year really kicked off. So when Peter gets back, that's what we'll be talking about. Um, If you guys want to interact with the show... uh, Send us an email, top5report at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at top5report. Um, follow us on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Tell your friends. Uh, leave us a review. Five stars is great, but we love to hear the feedback. But if you leave us reviews, it makes it sound like the impo- things we say are important. And that's what's the most important thing to me anyway. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, um, you can follow me uh, personally on Twitter if you want at Drew three nine two seven. Scott, do you wanna? So I have a Twitter people? handle Ewok Catapult, but I never, literally, never go on that Look app. On I can't handle Twitter. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Um, you'll see me on the uh, comment every once in a while on the T five R Facebook page, so you can find me there. Great. All right. So for the top five report, I'm Drew, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody.